0: Mindy, take your Bibles this morning and turn to 2 Kings chapter 18. 2 Kings chapter 18. And I want to start a series this morning on the battle for the home. The battle for the home. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at some different areas in our homes where the enemy is in attack. Some of you are here today and your family is smaller than it has been in the past. Maybe you have some loved ones who have gone on to be with the Lord. Some of you are in the, maybe the grandparent stage where your children have, have left the nest and they've gone to begin their families and um, you see them on occasion and, and, and show your support for your grandchildren and your, grand, and your sons and daughters. But for many of you, you still have children at home. And let me speak this divine truth this morning. If you have children living in your house, your family is in a struggle. There's not a family I have met in this planet. I don't care who you are, what your profession is, what your economic status is. If you have children living at home today, you're in a battle. And although you may have good days, you may have good weeks, you may even have a couple of good months or two, all of that can change in a minute. And you step back and you ask yourself, maybe when it comes to your children, who are these kids? Why are they acting the way they're acting? You step back, men, and you question your leadership What do I need to do different? How can I change? Why is it us who is always fighting and always battling? And I want you to know it happens to everybody. It happens to every person who knows Jesus Christ and who claims to lead a godly family. You are in a battle. And one of the things that we need as Christians today is godly, bold families. So this morning we're going to talk about men. And how to be a godly man. Next week we're going to talk about a godly marriage. The role between a husband and a wife. And it's not a message just for those who are married. So don't check out on me next week. Because you're a part of this church and your support is greatly needed. But we're going to look at the role, the function of a true husband and a true wife. They do not have the same roles in Scripture. Week three we're going to talk about the role of children. And how children play in the home. And how children, what we can do as parents to raise godly children. And then the fourth battle, we're going to look at February 28th is the battle for the mind. And we're going to look at the most secret sin that is destroying families all across America. That's going to be February the 28th. I'm not going to tell you what the sin is. You probably know it already. But we're going to look at that in four weeks. All four of those. Godly leadership. Marriage. Children. And then our minds are all in a battle today. What we need, what our society needs today, more than anything, is bold Christian leadership. I want you to follow along with me in 2 Kings chapter 18. 2 Kings chapter 18, let me read the first seven verses. The Bible says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, the son of Elah, the king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to, his father, to, to what his father David had done. He removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden image and broke into pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had, had made." For until those days the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord was with him, and he prospered wherever he Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, even as we listen to this message, that there is a battle. There is a battle from our enemy to not to hear messages like this, Scripture like this, and not to hear about a message about how to be a man of God and how to be a kingdom man. So I pray this morning, Lord, that we would look to You for divine guidance, that You'd give us wisdom, Lord, You would reduce me, minimize me, hide me behind Your cross. Let us hear from You, Lord, in these next few minutes. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So what is a kingdom man? A kingdom man. We're introduced this morning to a man named Hezekiah. Hezekiah was an interesting character. some things told about Hezekiah that's not mentioned many more times in the Bible, and we're going to see those in just a few minutes. But a couple of things I want to share with you about Hezekiah, as he is our model this morning of what a true kingdom man looks like. Number one, his leadership was clear. Hezekiah was a kingdom man because his leadership was clear. Look back, if you will, at verse number 3. I'm skipping verse 1 and 2. There's some introductory things if you want to go back and trace the history and, 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 the, and the date of when he became king. You're looking at around 700 B.C. when he, when he served as king. Verse 3, the Bible says, He did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. Now David was not Hezekiah's earthly father. His earthly father was a king named Ahaz. You look back a chapter or two, you can find the The the, the reign of Ahaz. Ahaz was a wicked king, just like uh, uh, some of the kings that had passed before. So when you're looking at this, the Bible says his leadership was clear. He did what was right in the uh, sight of the Lord, according to what his father had done. Only two other kings in all of Scripture was ever identified by doing right in the sight of the Lord. Hezekiah was one of those. The other two was King Asa, 1 Kings 15. And the other one was Josiah, 1 Kings 22 and and verse 2. All three of these individuals came from wicked families. Their fathers were wicked. Yet these individuals, their leadership was so clear that they did exactly what was right in the sight of the Lord. When it comes to a kingdom man... Your leadership as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, or even as someone who may not even be married yet. You are a kingdom man. If you know the Lord Jesus, men, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior today, you are a kingdom man because the Lord bought you. You're not your own. You're serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That makes you a kingdom man. So so to define that... It's to define that your leadership, wherever it may be in life, is to be clear. What are you leading? Where are you leading? How are you leading? It's to do right in the sight of the Lord. The Bible goes on to say in verse number 3, According to all that his father David had, had, had done... David was, uh, was the, uh, the most respected king, so to, therefore to, to, to have that, that, that phrase at the end, according to all that the father David had done, David was also the, the, the author of the Davidic covenant between him and God, so they included that. But then verse 4, look at what he did. He removed the high places and He broke down the sacred pillars and He cut down the wooden images and broke into pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it in the Houston. Now as you read that, you're saying, Brother John, I don't have no clue what he, what he, what he did. Boy, it sure does sound good. He took away some real, real high places. He must not have been as scared of heights. And he, he broke down some wooden images. Let me kind of explain what's, what he's doing. So I want you to listen. Remember, his leadership is, is clear. The first part of verse 4 says he removed the high places. The high places were places of worship outside the temple. It was commanded to worship God, to worship inside the temple. And some of the kings prior to him set up these, these high places to, to, to offer uh, sacrifices and, and to be able to worship. He removed all of those. He also broke down some of the sacred pillars that were not not only outside the temple, but some of them that had been put inside the temple. These sacred forms of idolatry. And then the Bible says He also cut down the wooden images. Some of the, the, the false idols that are there. What's interesting about this text, and I want you to don't miss this this morning. What's interesting about this text is that His Father was the one who had all that built. And what his father built was sin, Idolatry. The simple, most simple defin- the, the, the definition for sin, you probably know it, it means missing the mark. It means that whatever happens in life, if it misses the mark, what is the mark? Honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. And anything that misses that is sin. So missing the mark is anything that does not bring honor and glory to God. It is is sin. He chose to stay away from anything that did not bring honor and glory to God. His leadership was absolutely clear. He chose to honor God even if it meant to dishonor His Father. Did you catch that? We do not honor God mom and dad if it brings dishonor to god these high places these sacred images these wooden sacred these wooden that his father had built and not only did he his father build these but he also If you go back and read the story, he he took some items and and gave it to the king of uh, of Assyria as they were working through some of the the Assyrians were were the enemy of the day. And Hezekiah steps up and his leadership is so clear and it is so bold that he even takes away some things to honor God that his father had put there. When it comes to a kingdom man... It does not mean that you don't love mom and that you don't love your dad and that you don't love your family. But it means that Jesus Christ is the only one who receives full honor and full glory. Jesus is all about the family. We're going to see that in the coming weeks. But there can only be one leader in your life. And His name is Jesus. So don't ever build your family and honor your family if it means to dishonor God. I talked about mom and dad. Mom and dads, let me speak to you when it comes to our children. We never honor our children if at the same time we're dishonoring the Lord Jesus. We never build them up. We never promote them. We never push, push them out in society seeking that they be successful if it, if it is at the expense of dishonoring the Lord Jesus Christ. The most important thing, mom and dad, you'll ever do to your children is to show them how to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why I said a while ago, you're in a struggle. Because if you're trying to teach them how to love the Lord Jesus Christ, it is a struggle. Because the enemy wants to do anything in the life of your children except them grow to be just like Jesus. And if you're not teaching them that, devil's not at your doorstep. But if you are, he'll be there. A kingdom man. His leadership was clear. It was bold. And he removed all the sin that was there. So when it comes to leadership in our life, leadership in our family, to be a kingdom man is to be one that is removing all types of sin that may be in our life. There's nothing we love more in our life except our relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no idols. You may not have a high place. You may not have an image. You may not have a sacred uh, uh, wooden statue in your home. But is there an idol? Is there something in your life that's keeping you from being a true, bold kingdom man today. Not only the sin, sinful things, but let me show you the second one down here, verse number 4. Not the second point, but the second part of verse number 4. The Bible says, look here, this is interesting, that He broke down in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Nehushtan. Can, can we go back to Numbers chapter twenty-one? Can we go back eight hundred years earlier, when the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness and and they were they were they were uh, suffering through their sin? And as Jesus as as Jesus, he did say that in John three fourteen. But God told Moses to take a serpent and put it up on a pole, and all those people that had been bitten by those serpents. If they would look and if they would believe, they would be healed from it. So Jesus, I mean, Jesus, He is God. Y'all know that. So if I say Jesus, I mean God. If I say God, I mean Jesus. You clear? All right, good. So God told Moses that to put this serpent up, and, and the one thing that was harming them, He said to put up on a pole. And if those people believed and looked, they would be healed. That's why Jesus says, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so too the Son of Man and the things that is harming us, our sin, became sin on the cross. So it was a picture of salvation. And how many on that day, as they're walking through, were healed from the bites from these serpents. 800 years have passed and that emblem of salvation, that emblem of, of healing has now become an idol. For eight hundred years, they, the scripture says, until those days, until now, they have they have uh, worshipped this bronze image. In fact, they called it Nehushtan, which means the, the little brass thing, little bronze thing. And Hezekiah comes on the scene, and he sees the most uh, uh, sacred piece of 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 of, uh, of an of an image that's been around for 800 years. King after king after king after king said, Hey, we can't touch that. We can't touch that. That's that's something we cannot harm. Because you remember my father told that story and my grandfather all the way back 800 years. How they were suffering in the wilderness and how they were healed. We can't do nothing with that. But all they began to do was to make it an idol and to offer sacrifices to it. Because Hezekiah is a kingdom man. He says, I don't care if it brought salvation to you 800 years ago. Now it is sin and it becomes an idol and it has to go. So he broke into pieces, the Bible says, in the wooden image that Moses had made that was in there as a form of worship for 800 years. To be a kingdom man is to live like Jesus. And when you live like Jesus, you have to learn to be treated the same way people treated Jesus. They either followed Him or they threw stones at Him. And to be a kingdom man is to be one who says, you know what, my leadership, it's going to be clear. It's going to be bold in my family, in my job, as a dad, as a husband. We're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And for some, they're going to follow, but you have to be prepared to dodge stones. The world hates kingdom men because the world, the author of this world, is the sin, and that is Satan. He hates Men of the kingdom. His leadership is clear. Now I remember the story. If you go back and you read Mark chapter 9, you remember when Jesus brought James and John and Simon Peter up on the Mount of Transfiguration. And as they were out there, how, how special of a moment Not only to be invited to go anywhere with Jesus, but to go up on the mountain and see the glory of God fall upon His Son, Jesus Christ. And not only to see that, but to also see Moses and Elijah there at the same time. Peter could not keep his mouth shut. You remember what Peter said? Lord, it's really good for us to be here, isn't it? Go back and read it. Mark chapter 9. And he said, hey, can we build an altar? One for you, Jesus? Jesus? And one for Moses and one for Elijah. And what Peter was trying to do in a good way is to say, let's worship. But he just compared Jesus who was being glorified, put Him in the same realm of worship as He put Moses and Elijah. Now I realize Moses is, represents the law and Elijah represents the prophets, but can't nobody represent Jesus who is King of kings and Lord of lords. After Peter said that, the word come down from above. And this is what God said. Hear Him. Peter, you need to be quiet. You need to listen to God. You need to listen to what Jesus is about to say. You need to hear Him. Man, let me hear you this morning. When it comes to men, our leadership, is it clear? What are you trying to accomplish in your family? What are you trying to accomplish when it comes to your children? To be kingdom men means your leadership must be clear. But number two, not only leadership must be clear, but number two is loyalty was consistent. His loyalty was consistent. The Bible says in verse 5 that he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like Him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before Him. The Bible says that He... Trusted in the Lord. You can imagine when Hezekiah comes up on the scene and he starts doing things different from his father, he starts cleaning house and getting all of this form of idolatry out of the temple and changing the way things are going. Not only just taking out the idols, but to tear up and to throw away an 800-year-old piece of, uh, of salvation history, which has now become an idol. There's going to be a lot of folks mad at him. There's going to be a lot of folks who want to kill him. Yet I love that little phrase in verse 5, He trusted in God. To be a kingdom man, simply men, is to trust in God. The Bible says He will what? Never leave you nor forsake you. He will never fail you. None of that can happen in the life of a kingdom man. And for Hezekiah, he trusted in the Lord. In fact, the Bible says in the last part of verse 5, that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but he kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. If you look at the second part of verse 5, after him was none like him. That, there is, it, it is mentioned one other time in Scripture. And it's referring to Josiah. Y'all remember Josiah? So the Scripture, the reason why I want to bring this out, the Scripture does not contradict. It doesn't mean that Hezekiah, none came after him, more like him, or Josiah, the same way. So who is better? And the question is not who is better. The question is in the context of this, if you look at Josiah, the Scripture is in uh, 1 Kings 23, verse 25. The Scripture is referring to Josiah, how he kept the law of the Lord that no king ever before him or none like him kept the law of the Lord like Josiah did. But when it came to Hezekiah, no man trusted in God and walked in the the, the level of kingdomness as Hezekiah did. The Scripture says in verse 6 that he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following Him. He kept His commandments which the Lord had commanded Moses. He trusted in the Lord. Um, I, 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 don't want your, um, I don't want you to raise your hand on this, but anybody ever been stuck in an elevator? <laughs> I, I, I never have. And, and I hope that doesn't mean that next time I get on the elevator, it's I'm going to get stuck. Uh, because I'm a little bit claustrophobic. Although I, I never try to put myself in situations to test my claustrophobicness. But what would happen if you ever got stuck in an elevator? Some of you, you would try to macho man your way out and pull the elevator out. And for some, it would be when you would pull it open, what you would see is a wall. And you would totally lose it trying to just force your way out. For some, you would just go absolutely Hysteria! You'd be hysterical. You'd go crazy because you would think your thoughts were: "This is how I'm going to die. This is it. I can see the light. They're coming. They're coming after me." (laughs) But how many of you would just remain calm? Go find that telephone. That every time you get in the elevator, you're wondering what's that telephone doing in there. And at that moment, you're glad it's there. And if it's not a telephone, maybe it's an alarm button. If it's a telephone, you pick it up and somebody on the other line says, Hello? You say, Yeah, we're stuck in the elevator. Can you help? I'll help. We'll get it fixed. Or if you push that alarm button, it'll notify someone else. Or if you've got a phone in your pocket, some people carry their phones everywhere they go and they pull out and you text someone, hey, I'm stuck in the elevator. Isn't it good to know that when you get stuck where you have no control, there's somebody on the outside that can help. Hezekiah, who wanted to be different than anybody else, his leadership was clear. His loyalty, number two, it was consistent, trusted in the Lord. The Scripture doesn't say here, but I know it was a battle. Coming in wanting to change and to try to bring back true divine worship. In fact, if you go back and read the Chronicles account of this, Hezekiah's first day in office, he restored true worship back in the tabernacle. The removing of the images and those things took time. First day, he restored true worship. And he trusted in the Lord, And those times where he felt like he was stuck, those times he felt like he could not get anywhere, he trusted in the Lord and he held fast to Him. But then number three, not only was his leadership clear, not only was his loyalty consistent, but to be a kingdom man is to have one whose life is complete. Now I want you to see this. Verse 7. The Lord was with him. And he prospered wherever he went. Man, if I was to ask you, tell me two things you'd like in life. I'd like to have the hand of God protecting me. And I'd like to have the hand of God providing for me. I don't know of two other things... That you could say. there may be. A, you may say it in a different way. You may say, I wish for God to take care of my family. I wish God would take care of our home. I wish God would bless us financially. All those, but all of those fall under these two things. The Lord was with him. The Lord protected him. The Lord provided for him. The Scripture says in verse 7 that he prospered wherever he went. So here is an example. Here is a model to be a kingdom man. If you want the Lord to go with you every single day and to fight your battles, then this is what it is. It's a life that is complete. It is a complete life. One that loves the Lord. One that has a leadership that is clear. a, A loyalty that is consistent every day. He'll go with you. He'll take care of you. Those that do God's work with an eye to His glory and with confidence in His strength may expect to prosper in it. For Hezekiah, if you read the rest of his story, it was a great material prosperity. Hezekiah had much wealth. And I'm not saying to be a kingdom man. It's to be a man of much wealth although God may provide that for you because He knows if you're a kingdom man, you will use that wealth to honor His kingdom and to honor His glory for everything and to see more people come to know Christ. Wealth is not the enemy. Wealth is not a sin. The love of wealth is. But God blesses and God provides wealth and resources, however that is defined, to be more of a man in His kingdom. To be a kingdom man. His leadership was clear. His loyalty was consistent. And his life was complete. My favorite verse in all of Scripture is Isaiah 40, 31. Which says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. The Scripture, the writer Isaiah compares the Christian walk to being one that is mount up like eagles. Why an eagle? Why not a red bird? Why not a blue jay? Why not a sparrow? Why not a hummingbird? It's always active. Eagles don't flock with other birds. Eagles are leaders. Eagles fly by themselves. Eagles soar to greater heights than any other bird. The tallest nest you'll see is that of an eagle. It is above any type of enemy, any type of varmint. Nobody can reach the nest of an eagle when it comes to an enemy. An eagle, not only does it, fly, don't let it not flop, eagles are, are predators. They work hard for what they want. You've seen maybe eagles flying around lakes or streams and how they eagle in on a fish or something. And I'm telling you, if they want it, they go after it because they work hard after it. Eagles hunt daily. You never go to a nest and you don't ever see a stockpile of food because when they get up the next morning, they're going out and they're working. They're trusting the Lord. They're walking by faith. If you can do it, you could say it that way. Eagles are respected. It's the most respected bird out there. Eagles protect their own. Eagles are watching over their children, not keeping them in the safe shelter. When, eagle, when little eaglets learn how to fly, you know how they do it? An eagle will take an eaglet and will take them up to the highest of the highest. Their, 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 their offspring, their children, and will let go of them. And as they begin to fall, they either learn how to fly. And if they don't, the mama eagle comes back and catches them. Takes them all the way back up again and lets go of them. And sooner or later, that little eaglet begins to learn how to fly. An eagle is one that protects his own. An eagle is one that he soars to great heights. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Man, I'm, I'm telling you this morning, and I pray through the, the authority of God's Word to be a kingdom man. To be a kingdom man. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. I know the message was centered around men, but the invitation is open to anybody. You may be here this morning and you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the first step of being a part of the kingdom is to have a relationship with the King. And that's Jesus. So do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you know Him as your personal Lord and Savior? If today was your last day on this earth and you stood before the King, would He know you by name and welcome you into the kingdom? That only comes through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I pray if you don't know the Lord Jesus this morning that you would repent of your sins and turn to Him and trust Him today. This is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. I may be speaking directly to a man. See, the issue when it comes to your home of being a father and being a child, the issue first is that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Would you trust Him today? And when it comes to your family, men, is your leadership clear? What are you trying to build when it comes to your family? Is your loyalty consistent? Is your life complete? Lord, I pray today for every every man that is here. Every man in here has something in common. They're in a battle. They're in a battle because somebody, the enemy, seeks to destroy their marriage, seeks to destroy their kids, seeks to destroy their family. Lord, I pray you'd help us to be kingdom men. Lord, there may be men this morning who need to come and give their life to Jesus and repent of their sins and say, I'm ready to be a kingdom man. Lord, for those that need to be saved, would they come? Lord, there may be some men who need to come and just place their family on these altars and say, Lord, I just need you to take control of my family. I can't do it on my own. I just need you, Lord, through your grace, to help. And help me. It starts with the man. It starts with the leader to be a kingdom man. So Lord, I pray You'd use this invitation as You see fit, as Your Holy Spirit leads, would we respond. There may be other decisions that people need to make. Lord, they can make those as well. We love You today in Jesus' name.